Turn with me this morning in your Bibles to Psalm 68. Psalm 68, we'll read together from the verse 1. Psalm 68 then uh, from the verse 1. Psalm 68, verse 1, the Word of God says, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name. Exalt him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when thou didst march through the wilderness, Selah, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Thou, O God, didst sense a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. Thy congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O God, hast prepared of thy goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Kings of armies did flee apace, and she that tarried at home divided the spoil. Though ye have lain among the pots, yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and her feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in it, it was white as snow in salmon. The hill of God is as the hill of Bashan, and high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. The chariots of God are twenty thousand, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. We know the Lord will bless this passage read from his divinely inspired word to our hearts for his great name's sake. Amen. Man, by and large, lives today as if the harvest and the provision of food in that harvest is a natural thing. And if he thinks about it at all, he would readily conclude that it depends perhaps on the vagaries of the weather or in some cases, good luck that is behind the reason why we have these tokens around us today. The child of the Lord, however, knows much better than that. 
They know of a certainty that as the weather is in the hand of the Lord, that the provision of the harvest and its untold blessings that it brings is the result of the kindness and the mercy and the goodness of the Lord himself. It is because he has chosen in his sovereign wisdom and in his sovereign power to bless the earth and to make it fruitful that we have these tokens around us this morning. Having said that, however, we ought never to think that such a blessing as this only and merely comes at the harvest season. We ought never to think that these temporal blessings are only to be remembered at these designated times. And yes, even though the Lord has promised a way back at the conclusion of the events surrounding the great flood in the book of Genesis, and just let me say, it is a worldwide flood that we're thinking about. There is a great attack of apostasy upon this to say that the flood of Genesis was only a local flood. But my friend, that's not what the Bible makes clear. It was a worldwide flood. And right at the back of those events, Genesis 8 and verse 22, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And even though that sure and certain promise has been given, and friends, the Lord never, ever, ever breaks his unalterable word, we ought to realize that the provision of the Lord and our remembrance of that provision ought to extend all the year round. I think a wonderful example of this is seen in the giving of the manna in the Old Testament. You remember how the people of God were wandering through the wilderness? It turned out that it was longer than expected, not because the Lord had planned it so, but because of their unbelief. And it ended up at some 40 years. But every single day, the Lord provided food for his people. Exodus chapter 16 and verse 35 tells us, And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. And so in spite of their provocation of the Lord, in their unbelief, in their murmuring, and in their rebellion, and so forth, God was still gracious unto them. He fed them every single day of their wanderings until they set foot in the land of promise. We can learn then that God keeps his word. He is gracious to mankind. He supplies our needs on a daily basis. And isn't that what our text says this morning of verse 19? Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Now consider with me this morning the certainty of daily blessings from the Lord. First of all, in these words, we can see the source of the blessing. And that source of the blessing is very obvious. It's the Lord. He's referred to once by that name and also by the phrase, which I trust we'll come to see in a few moments, the God of our salvation. In other words, the source of the daily benefits or blessings that each one of us enjoy is God himself. And therefore, friends, it's not a question whether the labor of our own hands 
or whether the sweat of our own brow provides the food on our tables, the shelter over our heads, or the clothes on our backs. Because ultimately, whatever we can do for ourselves is because we're given the power. We are enabled by the Lord himself. And in that way, we can see how thankful we are to be to the Lord for even enabling us to earn a wage to provide those things. Of course, that's not a popular thing to think of, especially where those who reject the Lord is concerned. Because man loves to think of himself being the ultimate authority and nothing or no one is higher than he is. It's a humbling thing, is it not? To admit, first of all, there's no power, that there is a power higher than ourselves and then to go on and give that God, that being him, him, the worship and the adoration that he deserves because of it. To realize that our very existence is dependent upon the Lord rather than our own puny and miserable efforts. The fact is that it is the Lord himself who daily loadeth us with benefits. You know, sometimes people get the idea in their heads, especially if the Lord hasn't opened their eyes otherwise, they get their idea in their heads as they read through the Old Testament that the God of the Old Testament is a stern God. He's a harsh God. One who is more to be feared than to be loved. But brethren and sisters, that's very wrong. Because the picture that we have here before us is very different. It's a picture of a tender and a compassionate a merciful God. In the words of our text, we see the Lord stooping down and love as it were to help the weak, to relieve the weary, to bring deliverance to the oppressed. And that's how he's always dealt with his people. Characters such as Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and countless others in the scriptures of truth in their time of need have proved time and time again this to be the case. Friends, such thought upon the Lord and his provision ought to lead us to praise him. Because that's why the line reads there, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. I don't believe either that it's not without significance that the psalmist employs the title for God there, that particular title that most strongly expresses the idea of supremacy and dominion. If you think about it, the title of Lord has to mean the highest, the very highest ruler of all, the one whose absolute and unchallengeable authority covers all mankind. He is the very one that is described and displayed here as the one who stoops down to supply the daily needs of mankind. This thought of how the Lord condescends to help and, and sustain mankind is seen quite clearly in the psalm itself because on the one hand, we have a marvelous and magnificent display of the power and the authority of our God. And on the other hand, we have the same God who's concerned with the needs of the individual. Look at verse 4, for example, example there. We see there that God riding through the heavens by his name. We see verse 7, if you notice it, him marching forth at the head of his people. 
Verse 8 speaks of the earth shaking and the heavens dropping at his presence, even that great mountain Sinai itself being moved at his presence. Verse 11 and onwards, his word going forth so mightily and so powerfully, so as to scatter armies and their kings. We read in verse 17 as well, of the chariots of God as 20,000, even thousands of angels. And then the summary of it all, verse 18, Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive. But it is then that the psalmist, David, he turns from that contemplation of all the magnificent and earth-shaking power to that wonderful thought of our text this morning. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. So in spite of the thoughts of many concerning the harshness of the God of the Old Testament, is there anything as, as sweet as this? Is there anything as great as this? Is there anything more compelling than this, than such a thought that when we think as Isaiah 40, for example, says, It is he that sitteth on the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. When we realize that that very same Lord over all is the very same Lord who daily loadeth us personally with benefits. Our friends, we can't help but be in awe. We can't help but be in wonder. We can't help Friends, this morning being in praise, we have then the source. But then secondly, very obviously, we come to the supply of benefit of the blessing. Look at what it says. It says, who daily loadeth us with benefits. Now, there are three very simple facts that come out of this. First of all, there is the fact of it. The word benefits there is in italics. Which means that it's not in the Hebrew text of the scriptures, but it has been supplied by our knowledgeable and well-knowing translators to give the sense of what is being said. And they have done this because the sense of this line is that God doesn't load his people down with burdens beyond their ability to bear them. Burdens being added daily could be seen as that. But the fact here is that these are benefits. These are blessings that he loads us down with day after day after day with regularity. The things that we receive from the Lord day by day are far from being a burden. They're a joy. They're a delight. They're a benefit. And isn't that a fact? There's not one of us that is present here this morning that haven't already enjoyed such a blessing today think of your health the ability that you have to get along to the house of the Lord as often as you want to there are many people in our churches and connected with our churches that would love to be in a meeting such as this but physical infirmity ailments or whatever they cannot get out to the house of God as much as they would like but the Lord has enabled you to be here the very fact that you have some sort of transport to get you along here today. The fact that you've got some form of decent clothing uh, to put on, and by the looks of every single one of us, uh, we have a need to fast today, or yesterday, through the lack of supply in the cupboard. There's not one of us who have had that experience of old Mother Hubbard who had nothing in her cupboard. 
Listen, I could go on and on and on about the temporal blessings that every single one of us have enjoyed. The fact of the matter is indisputable. We have received much from the hand of the Lord, even this day already, and it's not even halfway over yet. I could go on and point out not only the fact of it, but also the frequency of it, because the text not only says that, but it does employ that word daily, and it doesn't do that for nothing. In fact, if you were to look at the we uh, we look at the Hebrew text there, you would discover that the word is actually the common word for day in the Old Testament. And not only that, but it is repeated. It occurs twice beside each other in that Hebrew text. And if we were to read uh, the, the, the verse more literally, it would be, Blessed be the Lord who day by day loadeth us with benefits. And I would suggest to you that that repetition is there for emphasis, as it often is in the word of truth. Uh, the psalmist, you see, wanted to emphasize the glorious fact that it is daily that we receive these things. Day by day, in fact, every single day. I mentioned that giving of the manna already. The manna was sent each morning. And friends, we, we see it to be a wonderful type of the provision of the Lord. It's a type of many things uh, it's not my subject for this morning, but in this case, and as we're looking at it, it's a type of the provision of the Lord day by day that each one of us enjoys. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 16, please. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 16. And look up there at verse 21. The man always has related to the word of God. Uh, and certainly that's, that's one of the chief types or pictures that we have of it. There's much teaching there. You should do a study on the manna at some point and uh, see how it applies to the Word of God and how it's to be gathered every morning. But Exodus chapter 16 and verse 21 says, And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. So, you will understand that they gathered it fresh every morning because the verse continues there. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. So therefore, in the morning, in the cool of the day, there was plenty to supply the needs of the people. But when the sun arose to its height in the, in the daytime, the technical terms, the meridian, when that, that manna then that was given withered away to nothing, Meaning that the Lord would send and have to send another fresh supply the very next morning. In fact, the only morning that it wasn't sent was on the Sabbath. But there was a strange provision there that on the day before the Sabbath, they had to gather twice as much. They had to cook half of it and keep it for the next day. And it's plain from that passage in verses 20 and verse 27 that those who took more than they needed or did not gather for the Sabbath the day before, they would suffer loss. But in all of this, however, it's clear that the Lord sent a new supply, a fresh new supply every single morning for his people. And in that one great long-lasting miracle, we have a picture of what he does for us today. Because he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same God who daily loadeth us with benefits. 
But there isn't just a wee word here about the fact of the supply and the frequency of the supply, but also the fullness of the supply, because the psalmist uses the word loadeth to describe how the Lord sends his blessing upon the earth. The Hebrew word, in fact, for loadeth is a word that is, in every case, it has to do with being laden down with a burden. I was trying to think of a picture about this, and the only one that I could come up with, I'm sure you've seen it from, and I would relate to the times in which David was writing here, would be of a donkey that was being loaded up for a day's work or for a trip to the marketplace, something along those lines. I'm sure you've all seen pictures of high in the eastern lands there, the poor old donkeys are almost buckled under the pressure and the weight of stuff and the pile of stuff that's piled up on top of them and they're made to carry for their masters. That's, they're the beast of burdens, you see. That's the sort of picture which fits in with the word that is used in our text. And when we think of the blessings of the Lord that each of us enjoy, isn't that a wonderfully accurate picture? I tell you, friends, it most certainly is, because whether we realize it or not, the fact remains that every single day of our lives we're loaded down with blessings, with benefits, fresh every morning for that day. It's a fresh supply. Lamentations 3 verses 22 and 23 tell us it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His compassions toward us, the tokens of his mercies to us, they fail not because they're new every single morning. I wonder, have you realized that? Have you felt the weight of all those things that if we're really frank about it, we forget about? Uh, Can you say that you know what the Lord does for you every single day? And that isn't even beginning to consider the spiritual blessings uh, that we enjoy day by day upon the temporal ones. Boy, if we were to try and sit down and count those up, uh, we'd never be able to do it. Let me give you one example. There's not one of us here really, really thinks about our health until we're laid on our backs in a hospital ward or in a bedroom somewhere and we're laid aside for a time and we've time to think about it. We remember our health then. We thank the Lord for our health then. What about today when we're able to be at the house of the Lord? Have you thanked the Lord for such a thing already? That's just one example, you see, of what I'm saying about and what I'm talking about. We read in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 26. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And that clearly means that the earth and everything in it is the Lord's. That's why this certifying statement is added on the fullness thereof. And then on in verse 28, the sentence is repeated again. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We learn then that the temporal blessing comes from the Lord. See that already in its source. See that now in its supply, the fact, the frequency, the fullness of the blessings which he bestows are clearly identified as coming from him. But all of this is certified by the last part of our text because we see in the last place the surety of the blessing. The surety or the certainty of the blessing is seen there. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits even the God of our 
salvation. You know, if you were to read that fairly quickly, it would seem sort of a moot point to have that phrase there. It seems unnecessary in the light of what we've learned. But the point is, how often it is when trials and hardships and difficulties come, the first person that we doubt is the Lord. How often, for example, in this day and generation when financial hardships come along that none of us are exempt from, how often do we wonder if the Lord has forsaken us? And that's why I believe that the Spirit of God has included this certifying phrase. You see, it's as if he has said, the God of our salvation will continue to load us down with benefits every day. As he has saved you, child of God, as he has redeemed you, as he has forgiven you for your sin, as he has justified you, then he will preserve you. Then he will keep you. As you have partaken of a special saving grace, you will also be a partaker of his common grace. The words of Hebrews 13 and verse 5 must be considered in this light. Because the verse says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now I trust that you know that the word conversation means a whole lot more in the days when our authorized version was, was printed and was put into, into print and, and onto page. It means a whole lot more. Today we, we think of conversation just meaning a talking to one another. But in our Bibles it actually means a manner of life. It's our whole way of living. And it comes from a root word which means to turn. And the thought here is how we turn through life. The turns that we take through life. That is our manner of life. It's how we steer through it. And the verse is telling us it's to be without covetousness. Although the word in the Greek is primarily <coughs> to do with money, we could widen it to include all earthly possessions. So our manner of life then is not to be marked by a greed after earthly things. We're not to be seen as those who turn aside to the left or to the right after the things of the world. Rather, we're to be content with the things that we have and the things that are being supplied by the Lord. The reason of this is given as the promise of God that he will never leave us nor forsake us. The words might be similar in meaning in the English, but in the Greek they're slightly different because the word for leave there has to be has the sense of being loosed of the Lord slackening off his hold upon us. Uh, that's the way we could consider it as the Lord allowing us to go our own way. A simple illustration of that would be one of those wee dog leads, you know, the ones where you press the button and it lets the line out a bit more. Uh, how the dog keeps the, or the owner keeps the dog close up in a populated area, but when they reach a wide open space, more line is paid out so that the dog has more freedom to run free. Friends, the Lord will never do this. To the extent that his hold and his care of us is far away, he will never leave us nor forsake us. 
He will provide our needs day by day. This is a certainty because he's the God of our salvation. And as sure as you're saved, as sure as you know that your name is in the Lamb's book of life, as sure as you know that your sins are forgiven, this is how sure this is. If he has saved you and washed you in the blood of the Lamb, he'll not leave you to yourself. It is beyond question. Because, my friend, you have to think about salvation all the way through here. If God has elected you to salvation before the foundation of the world, if he has in the process of time sent forth his only begotten Son to actually secure that salvation on the cross, not merely to provide you with a chance to be saved, no, actually infallibly secure your salvation on the cross if he has then later organized every single thing in your life that you'd be under the sound of the gospel and as a result you'd be convinced of your sin as a result you'd be drawn to Christ if he has justified you declared you free of guilt in the his sight because of what his son has done on the cross for you personally if he has given you the spirit of adoption whereby according to the scriptures you can cry Abba Father if he has brought you into the family of God as a child of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ if he has begun that good work in you called sanctification and has promised to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ if he has ordained you to come back come, ordained to come back one day soon for you and to receive you unto himself if he has prepared that place for you in glory that mansion in the sky do you not think with all of this he'll not supply your every need of course he will Philippians 4 and verse 19 but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus my friend, if you don't see that, if somehow you have a root of unbelief about it in your soul, I trust that the Lord will have mercy and draw near because unbelief, especially where the clear word and the promises of God is concerned, it's one of the greatest blights upon the church of Christ today. Hebrews 3 verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And if you're afflicted with that particular difficulty and sin, in reality at some point some, all of us are more or less, we ought to be praying with that, found praying with that distress. Father, in Mark chapter 9, Lord, I believe. Help thy mine unbelief. Because... To not believe that God can do all of this. The God of our salvation can do all of this. And much, much more. It's sin. It's unbelief in the Lord. In his word which records these things. And friends, that's one of the most heinous and most despicable products of the human heart that there is.